Good evening, Nam, and happy Monday. It's Hailey Minogue. Hello. Yes, we are back at it once again, and we are spinning around this beautiful Monday evening with two of some of the finest this side of town right now. Thanks for tuning in once again to Area 3000 tonight. I promise you, it'll be fun. Before we begin, we acknowledge that we are broadcasting on the land of its traditional custodians, the Wurundjeri people. We respect their past, present, and ongoing relationship with the land for the many, many, many generations to come. Please consider making a donation to pay the rent or the Victorian Aboriginal Legal Service and help the wonderful folks that provide the much-needed resources for the mob today. My first guest tonight is a bit of a phenomenon, may I say, a NAM-based DJ and host of monthly Area 3000 show Basecamp. This legend in the making has carved out a place for herself in the scene with her consistently heavy-handed high-velocity mixes, as well as a wicked sense of humour. Her mixing skills have been procured by the likes of Synesthetic, Melt, Red Room, Euphony, Flime Dublin, Novel, and Goldhouse, not to mention various clubs in the city, such as Glamorama, Thank You To, XE54, Color, and Loot Bar. Indeed, within a year of speeding onto the scene, she has even acquired her very first festival spot at Novel's Let Them Eat Cake 2022, a career that has progressed as quickly as hers would ordinarily cop a fine and a six-month disqualification in this jurisdiction. However, I am very glad to have finally gotten the opportunity to tango with this smooth criminal tonight. My guest is none other than Annabelle Gole, a.k.a. DJ Bell. Hey, Annabelle, welcome to the show. How are you going? I'm very well, thank you. What an intro. Yes. That was amazing. It took me a few <laughs> tries. I'm very gassy tonight. I, <laughs> I've had a bit of a, a bit of a feed before. Uh, how is your public holiday? We are recording this, by the way, uh, on the public holiday today. We are, aren't we? Yeah, no, it's going well. It was worked a bit of the public holiday, but I'm happy to do this at, I guess, happy hour right Working now. on a public holiday. What do you do? Like during your nine to five, like what's your thing? I work in financial advisory. Oh, um, what the <laughs> <laughs> financial advisory? Holy that sounds shit. so hectic. <laughs> okay, let me um, let me just go down a couple levels. Uh, so I work in financial advisory, but more specifically in property sort of consulting. Oh, right. So I work with sort of like government, so local, state, federal government. Yeah. Um, work with not-for-profits. I work with the private sector. A lot of the time it's, you know, a lot of like big public projects. So I work in the public housing space, the community housing space, uh-huh. um, in the court space, like a lot of big infrastructure. Wow. Sort of assets, social infrastructure. Yeah. It's quite, it's very interesting. I've been there for almost four years, which is kind of hectic. Half of half of my work life has been basically in lockdown. Wow. I don't know how it's already 2021, but no, I really like it. It's very interesting. Half of your DJ career has also been, you know, in <laughs> lockdown as well. Like all of my DJ career. I was actually thinking that the other day. I feel like the first, I guess, when I think about when did my DJ career actually properly start Hmm. that you know based on like when did i do my first mix for a mix series i guess would have been with uh playgroup right it was with playgroup you know playgroup so playgroup is sort of a dj duo duo with my best mate camilla who now lives in sydney which is why we don't really do anything together anymore but yes she really wanted to do a sort of like drought relief day party. This was probably 28, like 2018, 2019. We hit up a few venues and Glamorama was sick. They, because it was for a charity, they let us have the venue for free. Oh, wow. And that was like the first time we hosted a party and the first time either of us had played at a club as well. (laughs) But we sort of planned it. We sort of slotted ourselves in there. (laughs) Um, And then we did another one a few months later for bushfire relief nice and then glam um namely bosco shout out bosco yeah shout out bosco awesome (laughs) bloke um he sort of got camilla and i on for just like general like friday night like club nights um and then when camilla moved to sydney he and and this is actually when we and went into the first lockdown they did a um live stream series yeah i remember that Yeah. yeah he asked me to play um and this would have been sort of the first time I hadn't played with Camilla. And then I was like, oh, I feel like I'll, I'll still use Playgroup because it's sort of like built a tiny brand. Like I may as well just keep going on with that. It's kind of like what's so not when Flume left. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I was like, yeah, just still use the, you know, name Playgroup, but it'll just be me. Um, and then I played at Glam 
you know, when we got out of that lockdown for a bit. Like, they always had me on. They were awesome. And it was sort of the only club I'd played at. It's a good club. Yeah. yeah. It was, it's a really good sound system. Yeah. You got yeah. the function ones. Um, and then I was like, maybe I should have my own DJ name as well because Playgroup's sort of like a fun duo DJ name. And then went through a list of so many different DJ names. And then we landed on DJ Bell, which is not that creative. What were the other ones? Oh. I need to get the list up, but they were bad. They were bad. <laughs> I had my housemates and we were like brainstorming random names and it was like DJ Uber Beats or <laughs> like things that you just would get sick of in a month. Uber like Beats. DJ Bellatrix Lestrange, like just random shit. And then I was just like, I know, I know I'm going to get sick of these names. I think they're funny now, mm. but... I'm going to, or DJ Front Left, but I think that's actually a real DJ. A uh, front row um, speaker, yeah. Yeah, front row speaker. Yeah, how do you <clears> think <throat> I feel about Hailey Minogue? I got sick of that so quick. But I kind of love it because you've got, you know, spinning around podcasts, Hailey Minogue, like you, it's like this motif, it works. Yeah, it, it definitely gave it a new life, that's for sure. Yeah. But then why did you settle on DJ Bell when you had all of these interesting names? Yeah, I know. I asked a lot of people. I feel like my mates got really annoyed at me. They're like, just freaking tick one. Um, <laughs> but um, I just feel like DJ Bell, even though it's really simple, like I know I'm not going to get sick of it and it's timeless and it has a component of my name in it as well. Like I wanted there to be a component of my actual name mm. in my DJ name. Um, and I just thought that was simple. Like I was almost just going to do Annabelle and that was it. But then I was like, that's just, I don't know. Honestly, Jay, it's not that deep. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if I'm I, not that deep. If I, if I, if I went with Jay, I, uh, I don't know that's if I could have cool. done that. Jay Kim is like a cool DJ name. It, it's literally six letters and two syllables. I can't, I can't yeah. go around with that. I need highly to know something grandiose. But I am thinking about maybe a, a different side project. Who knows? Speaking of side projects, this isn't really a side project for you. It's kind of like a big project, but your monthly show. Basecamp. Mm -hmm. We are also fellow hosts on Area 3000. Yes. Shout out to Cindy. Shout out to Cindy. We love Area 3000, doing great Absolutely things. Absolutely kicking goals for people. Mm -hmm. What's the intention with uh, Basecamp for you? Because I feel like in a way we might have like overlapping sort of themes in our show in terms of like showing, showcasing um, who we think is really good in the scene. But like, what's the motivation behind yours? Is it just sort of just something that you can do or is there like an intention? So I guess when Cindy initially asked me um, if I wanted to do a monthly show, well, it, it could have been at any frequency that I wanted, but I think monthly was enough for me. Mm. Um this was when, like, this was really early days, like, before I'd really done much on the scene. And so, obviously, I'm going to jump at any opportunity that I can. And I've actually really enjoyed it. So, initially, the intention was I would actually go back to back with a lot of the people I would invite on. And then it just wasn't really, like, logistically you know, practical because of lockdowns and everything. Yeah. So, the, and the first one, I did go back to back with actually my partner whose DJ name is Drac. Oh, um, Drac, yes. So we went back to back because we obviously share the same decks. Yep. So that was very easy to do. And then as time went on, I think this was when we were now like big, I'm going to say second lockdown, um, I just invited people that I'd known or people that had also invited me to um, be on their mix series or play at their club nights, um, just sort of ret returning the favour and also love their music styles. Mm. And I try to get people on who are like a pretty high energy, but I also am not picky at all. Like I do like a lot of genres, so I don't feel like my show has to have a, the same theme or like the same genre every single month. So I try to get a diverse range of people. Yeah. But I guess I, yeah. I feel like it's still early days. I think I've done five or six base camps and I probably do need to think more about the direction of it. Um, but it is only once a month and, like, I'm still sort of finding people that I want to play on it, yeah. um, like, you know, months in advance. Like, I think about it months in advance. I'm like, okay, I can do him in, in December. I can do her in January. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's just sort of like a bit of a fun project. I've got a couple of mates on there 
who love DJing. I don't know why, but we all just love DJing. I'm like, what is wow. wrong with us? Like, we can <laughs> be only so many DJs that are kick-ons. I always take a step back. I hate it. Really? But I find the boys that I'm friends with, they're just like, there's five of them behind the decks. And I'm just like, how many freaking guys does it take to like bring in a track? So I just sit there and I'm just like, nah, I'll let them do it. <laughs> do you feel like uh, DJing is kind of the new guitar of this sort of like 100% I don't know why I honestly think for me I think it started because I generally just really enjoyed music like I enjoyed listening to dance music and then they they sort of just go hand in hand it is very therapeutic like I found in the big second lockdown when I'd go on like work breaks or you know after I finish a day of work I just literally hop on the decks because we'd have we'd have them set up in this apartment that I was living in last year um, and just go for it. Yeah, I like even just 10 minutes, a quick mix. You end up like moving a lot. Like it's basically like a walk, mm. but you're actually practicing. And I'm like, this is a really good work break because you're doing something that you like. It's really therapeutic. It's not like you're just sitting on your phone. You are, you end up just moving around because you're enjoying what you're doing. Mm. And so, yeah, it was really nice. But then in this new share house, we haven't had any space to set up the deck. So I've hardly got to practice, which is annoying. Oh, no. Um, but I'm moving again because this uh, they're redeveloping this house. So I've, I've moved a lot in the last year. Wow. Are you, yeah. are you, no, I'm born and raised or is it? No, I'm actually not. So I grew up, oh, I actually was born in Melbourne. Oh, in Nam, okay. Um, but I moved to Sydney when I was three. Okay. For dad's work. So my whole extended family is Victorian. Wow. Um, but then basically grew up my entire life in Sydney. Um, and then when I was 18 and I was like looking at unis, I don't know why, but I was just like drawn to Melbourne Uni. And I think part of it was all my extended family was from Melbourne. Mm. So in over summer, we'd always go to Geelong or Anglesey where most of my mum's side's based. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of, like, the surf club stuff there. So I had a few mates in Anglesey and I just thought, oh, I'll do something different to what my city mates do. So they'll just usually just go to Sydney Uni. And then I moved to Melbourne, like, went to uni here and I've never left. And now it's 2021. <laughs> <laughs> when did, when um, did you come over? Sorry. It was, like, 20... 2015. I started uni. Wow, yeah. it's been six years now. I know. It's, it's kind of crazy. And I love it. I I love going back to Sydney. Mm. Like, Sydney will always have a soft spot in my heart. But um, I feel like when I started uni and, like, you know, lived on campus, like, lots of parties and everyone gets into you know, music and mm. a lot of people in my year got into DJing mm-hmm. and, like, we actually had a tech committee at the college I was at, which is hilarious, <laughs> and I got onto that tech committee just because I liked music and then I actually learned how to DJ at college. Oh, wow. Um, and we would DJ all the events and that's sort of how it started, but I before that I generally just had a love for dance music and I reckon that started in year 11. Mm. I always think about this. I'm like, how did I even get onto this? But I have a distinct memory what is it in like year 11 and one of my mates came to school one day and she was like I found this funky like elevator music vibe like I didn't know what house music was I didn't know what techno was like I literally listened to top 40 on the radio like that was the extent of my music knowledge right I did music at school but like more like classical but um I she played this song and it was like funky what I called at the time elevator music, <laughs> or like funky. Anyway, it's basically house music that so I figured out <laughs> a year later and it was by Baker Matt. Do you know Baker Matt? Oh, yeah, yeah I do. I oh, wow, oh, fuck. I haven't heard that name in ages. And so I, that was probably my first exposure to dance music and I reckon, like, I've just never turned back since. I'm like, wow, this is, like, really, like, this is hitting deep. And I would listen to it every day and I'm like, what is this sorcery? Like, I've never heard this type of music after listening to Bloody Today FM, Kyle and Jackie O, (laughs) to and from school. (laughs) Did you you ever get into, like, uh, Kei Trinata back when he was starting to blow up? Like, I'm not, like, a massive fan, but we love Kei Trinata and his boiler room. Everyone loved watching his boiler room on the tractors. And they were like, wow, he could do all that on the tractors. His boiler room. (laughs) 
It's so fucking fun to- I would have watched that thing like 40 times at same, least. Same. Same. It's a Kikon's video. I swear it always ends up- Who's your, your favourite character? Uh, the really tall girl with the glasses. <laughs> she is the I bloody MVP. Her. Like, who is she and what is she doing today? Like, I want to know more about her. She's just good vibes all the time. <laughs> Hope she's okay. <laughs> it, it is- it's hilarious. It's a piece of art. It really that video. is. <laughs> when you say that you learned to DJ on campus, like- Yeah. Was it on the spot during the parties or like did someone have decks in their dorm like how'd you do it so i really liked music and yeah on my corridor my dorm um this guy came up to me who was on this tech committee that year and he Mm. was like do you want to apply for the tech committee next year and i was like i don't know how to dj um (laughs) i don't know how to set up decks i don't know how to set up lighting like i will be not no value at all. And then he was like, I'll just quickly teach you. It's really easy. <laughs> and what? so we go into his room and he had little S2s, little tractor S2s. Oh, wow. And I was like, uh, okay. And then he, um, I think we probably spent an hour with it. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to say I picked it up straight away because I definitely didn't. But he spent a lot of time with me trying to teach me because he was like, I really like your songs. Like, I really like your music taste. Yeah. Like, you just need to learn to DJ now. And so he spent a bit of time with me and then um, we probably practised maybe three times. But even then, I it was basically, I guess, a prereq to put me on the tech committee because, like, I don't think anyone else wanted to really do it. Um, right. And then as the parties went on, like, I would be really st- – stressed about the part like i feel like i would put a set list together to the t like practice the entire set list Mm. and like i feel like it wouldn't really be that fun during it because i just everything had to go to plan from how i practiced because i just wasn't that comfortable with it yet like i didn't have my own decks i probably spent three hours in total practicing with this guy (laughs) um and so everything had to go to plan and then i feel like over the course of the year I got a lot more comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, and then I just sort of didn't have to prepare as much. Like I'd have a playlist in mind, but then I'd just go with the flow on the night, read the crowd. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it definitely helped me get very comfortable with mixing because, you know, college, there's bloody events on every weekend. But it was kind of annoying because I never, I feel like I never really enjoyed the parties. Oh, what? I was always at work. Oh, man. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I enjoyed them. <laughs> when it comes to college parties, though, there are some mainstay songs oh. that you, like, you can't call yourself a DJ yeah. unless you've gone to a party and you've played these particular tracks. Mr. Brightside. I was about to uh, say. Bohemian that. Rhapsody. ABBA. Um, any ABBA. ABBA. The amount of times I get requested for ABBA. And, like, the same. It's like Dancing Queen. And then the same person will come up an hour later, Dancing Queen. I'm like, mate. Man after midnight. I'll tell you what we do. Me and my boyfriend, David. Every single time. He's very good at it. He's very much better at it than me. But if someone comes to request a song, he's like, I actually have that cued next. <laughs> and then they'll go away, like, fuck off for half an hour. And then they'll come back. And he's like, oh, my God, no, I'm so sorry. I have it cued next. <laughs> and, like, he really raises their hopes up. And I'm like, I can't really I can't really pull it off as much as he can. Like, he's so convincing. Yeah. But it actually gets the person to leave. Wow. They're like, oh, my God, yes. That's, so he's got it down pat. <laughs> yeah, he um, really does. Did you meet him <laughs> DJing or at, at college? Like, what was the... <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I actually did because we were both on the tech committee. This is oh, so no embarrassing. Shit. Oh, wow. I know. But we we did. It was weird. We were in the same year at yeah. uni. Mm-hmm. And then it was weird because we, I guess, had a lot of similar interests. So we were both on the tech committee and then we both rode. Mm. And we actually both coached at the same school as well. Wow. So I, a lot of stars aligning. And now I've been together for like four and a half years. Holy shit. That's awesome. <laughs> I swear we get along. We just <laughs> we don't just do the same things. <laughs> um, as a rower, I mean, like what what seat were you in in, in the in the rowboat? Is that, if that's what they call uh, it. I was stroke. Wow. I was stroke just because I talked my way into it. I'm a control freak. Holy shit. Like I would be – so college rowing was probably not for me just because I was also rowing at Melbourne Uni. Like I was rowing at like state and national level. And oh, then college rowing, college rowing is actually quite competitive. Yeah, it is. Um, But it's like a three-week sort of period and you actually get a lot of, you know, girls or boys who – didn't really competitively row. We just need to get seats filled. Right. Like it's not that competitive. Yeah. 
But with my mindset, I'm just like, this is the Olympics. <laughs> I was probably the worst person to have. Like, I would literally turn, I would just get so competitive during it. And everyone was like, can you chill out? Like, you're creating the worst energy. What were your training drills? What, what, what Were you destroying these girls? Like, what were you doing? I just think I took it way too seriously. And everyone else was there to have a good, like, have a really fun time. Yeah. However, in saying that, rowing is, it's different to maybe like another team sport like soccer or hockey like where you can be really good like I get that it's a team sport but like you can still be really good um without everyone in the team being amazing Mm. whereas rowing it's like if there is one person that's not like pulling their way or that doesn't have you know the best technique the whole boat is cooked yeah yeah. so it's actually not enjoyable so even if you're the really good person, like, you can't carry the whole team Exactly. Yeah. And I get that's probably, like, every other team sport, but rowing, it's, like, the boat is so sensitive and so you just feel everything. Mm. And, yeah, I don't do it anymore. It's too hard, honestly. <laughs> it, it was good at first year at uni and then I realised I like partying and I was like, nah. You must have loved it if you were doing that at national level. I did love it. I did. I loved it at school. Um, like, honestly, my school life was school and rowing. Wow. And then when I moved to Melbourne um, for uni, um, that's why I guess my Sydney life and my Melbourne life isn't really comparable because my Sydney life was literally rowing and school and then mm. I moved to Melbourne and then you know you're 18 and like it's just not comparable and um I tried to do it at Melbourne Uni Boat Club and they are so competitive I'll tell oh. you what you have to live and breathe it if you want to you know maintain that sort of lifestyle like girls and they would beat the shed three times a day like we would train to twice a day but like some of the people that would row there would literally just stay there and work and do uni there. Whoa. Um, wow. So it's really hard to maintain, and especially when I started working in um, 2018, it's just I found it pretty impossible to, like, work and have a life and do a sport that intense. Mm. So I do I do generally like it. It's just, like, really hard. You just you can't really have a life if you're going to do it. Yeah. And I feel like at that age, you do it if you're rowing, you're doing it to literally go to the Olympics. <laughs> There is social rowing, though, but I just don't think I have the right um, personality for that. It's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Do you feel like it's all or nothing with DJing or is this sort of like a reprieve from all that like high pressure, high intensity shit that you feel all the time? I feel like when I am DJing, I do give it my all. Like say I'm at a club or I'm mixing, like I want to give it my all. Yeah. But that said, like I don't do it that much, which is probably why like when I do do it, I really want to give it my all. Like I don't really, because we don't really have the decks set up like in the old house had them set up would probably practice every day just because they were there Mm. like they're you know in my line of sight but now don't have them set up as much the only times I really do DJ like during lockdowns obviously is literally when I'm recording a mix so I'll plan a playlist um you know the week leading up to recording a mix and then I'll just like quickly record I'll usually plan okay what I'm going to play the first song what's going to be my closing song and then everything in between is just like in that playlist but like I'll obviously curate the playlist so all the songs align with each other however I feel like recently I have just been throwing a lot of different genres into one mix and I'll listen back and I'm like what wait what am I doing (laughs) like I'll be like yeah I'll put I'll chuck some sigh in there and then I've got like like what like and then I've got like bloody like Charlie XEX in there. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing at the moment. I just have, I get bored very easily and I feel like I want everything to be high intensity. And like, even if it's an hour mix, I'm like, all right, let's turn it up a notch. Oh, let's bring it down a notch. So yeah, sorry. No, that's cool. Not so much the journey. Like I feel like a lot of DJs plan the journey really well, but I'm like first second in, you're going to be having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm starting with a bang. I'm not going to make anyone work for it. Uh, like, you're, you're in it. Yeah, nice. <laughs> is that what you've got planned for uh, Let Them Eat Cake? Is that the approach you're going to take? Yes. I know. I really hope it goes ahead. Yeah, me too. Who knows at this stage? Yeah. I had I had tickets booked to Hopkins Strawberry and Inavanica. So, because I, I was, I was, I was, um, diversifying my risk i was like some of these are <laughs> going to be cancelled some are not turns out they're probably all cancelled well they're all postponed yeah um but let the meat cake yes i i like have some 
absolute stompers plan for that. But I've also just have a newfound love for Lil Nas X, which is very random, <laughs> very off-brand. Some of my mates, some of my mates are like, is this a joke? Has someone hacked your Instagram? Like, they really don't believe that I like him. Why? I just love everything about him. I don't know. He's got some absolute, like, bops. Like, right. I and you know I like I like a lot of lyrics as well mm-hmm. and so I feel like it, it is quite similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he just he's, he's branded himself really well. Like I'm fully brainwashed. <laughs> so I really want to find some good remixes of of um, maybe Montero or Industry Baby. Ooh. But I do like playing like I like playing electro remixes of well known songs as well because like yeah. even if you don't really like you know electro um, or the, yeah, the sort of, like, high-intensity genres that I listen to. Like, if you hear Britney or if you hear Kylie or, like, Timberland in there, like, anyone's going to like it. It's way more accessible, yeah. Yeah, 100%. That's cool. I don't know if you can actually reveal this to me, but, like, which stage are you going to perform on when you get to Cake? Um, I think I can reveal it. Stage four. Who's sharing that lineup with you? Um, I actually don't know yet. Uh. So, they haven't released that, but I think based on- an Instagram post that Let Them Eat Cake did. Stage four is sort of like oriented to the really new up and coming artists. Right. Okay. I think because I saw an Instagram post because I didn't know much about it. They were like stage four, like set time TBC. That That's literally all I know right now. Yeah. Um, but then I, on Let Them Eat Cake's Instagram page, they did a photo of that stage and it's sort of that stage with the mirror, like the reflective mirror at the front and the hanging like clouds and rainbows. Um, and I think it was like something about how, you know, obviously they can't get lots of internationals this year, so they're going to use it as a platform to showcase up-and-coming artists, which I think is awesome. Hell yeah. So I definitely wouldn't have had all the opportunities I've had this year if it wasn't for COVID. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> which well, is I mean- kind of weird because I feel like the industry has been hit hard like so hard it has by yeah. COVID, but like the online presence, like if you're a DJ, I feel like you can really make something work. I would which agree. Which is with kind you. of awesome, yeah. I think that's been the secret to a lot. Well, rather not the secret, rather, but when things are offline in terms of like you know going to gigs and like clubs are open and everything, like it's all about like how much you're around um, in person, right? But as soon as we can't be around in person, like it makes so much sense to focus everything to your online connections and your online presence, which I feel like you've been doing so well. Mm. Did it feel surreal when you got asked to do Let Them Eat Cake? Despite the fact that you'd only been doing this for like a short time. Like what? I was like, is this a joke, Walter? (laughs) Um, So, (laughs) because I, like, I feel like I've been so annoying to Walter at Melbourne. I'm like, I'm here if you need, here if you need. Like, like, I'm so annoying. I'm just like, you got to ask for things, you know, like I'm not here sitting back and waiting. Yeah. For things to just fall in my lap. Yeah. So, like, initially at the start, like, I mean, I asked Synesthetic if they if I could do a mix for them. Like, nice. at the start, I feel like that's what everyone does. Like, no one's just going to ask you to do anything. Exactly. If you don't have a platform. And, like, I – and then it's sort of rebound. I, I feel like um, Willis from Mel asked me, I think, based on that Synesthetic mix, which was fun. And then, you know, it just, like, dominoes. But um, with Novel – uh well yeah what novel's been awesome like walter's like yeah we'll try and get you on like pending lockdowns like to do you know a club night or an event or something Mm. and this is after my novel cast mix um and i was like thank you so much and then he was like do you want to um sell some tickets for let the meat cake and i was like yep i'll do anything i'll do anything (laughs) for you guys (laughs) like honestly whatever (laughs) If it's one step closer to something to playing at a gig, I'll do it. Um, and then I sold some tickets and then he basically, yeah, they're basically like, yeah, we'll, we'll try and get you on to do something. But obviously everything's pending, lockdowns and restrictions. Yeah, so no pressure there. And then he sent me a message out of the blue being like, it was like festival, let them eat cake, stage four, set time, TBC. Are you free? And I was like, <laughs> fucking oath, like he knew I was coming. So I think he was playing with me a bit because I'm like selling like 30 tickets over here. Um, <laughs> and I was like, yes. I was so excited. I don't know why they wanted me. I was well, like, why wouldn't they want you? You were great. I haven't, really done, I haven't really done much. But um, yeah, I guess that'll be my first festival. Yeah. 
And so I wasn't going to play down the fact that I was very excited for that. Not good. And they've been so good and Marley and Gum mm. and, yeah. Yeah. They've been awesome. I had an encounter with Gum's mum, actually, because I was at a Gum event. Okay. And then there was... um. Because you know how they work there? There's only four of them. Yeah, yeah. That work there. It's actually so impressive. Yeah. When I went to go get the hard copy tickets from their office, I was like, whoa, you guys <laughs> have kept up the appearance that this is like a full institution. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's amazing that you guys can do this with four people. Yeah. Um, and I went to a gum event at Burke Street Courtyard. And, um, oh, is this a Dark Love one? Yes, it was Dark yeah, Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Dark Love. Um, and, like, my boyfriend and his mates are really into, like, gum. They love gum. Oh, and nice. so when I was there, I was like, oh, my God, are you gum? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yes, definitely. I was like, oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> and his mum was in the crowd and I just was, like, chatting to her all night. I was like, I met your mum in the crowd and we were like, we love your son. And he was like, and she was like, yes, I love him as well. And it was just <laughs> such a fun night. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, that's just a bit a bit about novel. Would you ever bring your parents to a gig of yours? Maybe let them eat cake? I feel like initially they weren't that supportive. Yeah. Like they were sort of like, can you please just focus on your work, Annabelle? Like, what are you doing? Um, and because they sort of just associate it with partying, which is fair enough. I'm like, no, like I actually really enjoy mixing. Music. The actual art of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I really yeah. enjoy it. Um, and... Then I feel like as I did more and more mixed series, like mum got more and more supportive because she's on Instagram, so she sees all of it. Um, <laughs> and she now she thinks it's really impressive. It's really cute, actually. Um, oh, nice. And then I told them about like, the meat cake. I was like, it's at the Werribee match. And mum's like, oh, my God, I love that venue. That's beautiful. <laughs> she's like, can we please come? I was like, you actually probably can. Yeah, if you want to. But I don't know. I don't know if they'll actually come. But I think my brothers will come. How many brothers do you have? Two brothers younger than me. Oh, excellent. You're the superstar older sister. <laughs> yeah. Setting an example. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of them's pretty into, like, dance music. The other one loves Ed Sheeran. Oh. Cut. Khalid, um, but we're all we're all we all like really love our music. Mm-hmm. Like, like you're actually all, into it, yeah. Yeah, like I just feel like I get so much joy from listening to music. Like I need to be listening to music all the time. Everything I do, wow. And and my dad was very musical as well. Like he played almost every brass instrument and the piano. Wow. And oh, so that's crap. what I did at school. I played the trombone lol. Oh, you're a trombonist. Oh, sixth grade. Me too. Trombonist. Yeah, 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 yeah. You too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> that's so rare. <laughs> I don't think I've ever met another trombonist. I, well, I, I tried to learn trumpet, but then my they said my lips were too big, and so they just put me on trombone. I couldn't oh, make really? a sound, so I went on trombone. Yeah, the mouthpiece is tiny. Trumpet. It's tiny. Um, yeah. That is hilarious. That's so funny. And I was always really jealous because I was in the concert band orchestra at school, and like. I was always really jealous of the flute players. I was like, why did I pick such a heavy instrument to walk <laughs> to walk to and from school? Like, why didn't I pick the piano or, like, the flute? Mm. This is just – it's so annoying. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just generally really enjoyed music and I did music in the HSC and, like, there's obviously, like, half prac, half theory. Mm-hmm. And you learn about, like, music history. It's, like, sight reading. They teach you how to compose music on Sibelius. Wow. I feel like I've always – yeah, enjoyed music, but I guess my love for dance music was pretty later and later on. In I life. think one of the things that can catch a lot of new starters when it comes to DJing, like the fact that you had experience with music beforehand and like writing it, composing it, playing it, mm. would have given you that head start when you started with a tech committee guy. Yeah, you know, even if you only had three hours of experience, like you still would have got the general understanding of like i need to hit the same bpm yeah preferably the same key if possible but like (laughs) no rush if it isn't but yeah um before you actually got swept up by this um tech committee person to learn how to dj (laughs) if he didn't do that what would you be doing right now like just Mm. just financial stuff like is that it or (laughs) just financial modeling yeah What a life. Working with spreadsheets all day. Like, I don't know. Yuck, like, what would you, yuck, yuck, yuck. Maybe um, Olympics with rowing. I don't know. Maybe actually rowing still. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's my hobbies didn't really complement each other, you know? Because mm. if it wasn't for DJing, I, I do like going out, though, because I generally like music. Um, 
I probably would have, yeah, I, I'd like to say probably kept up rowing. Sometimes I regret dropping rowing because it is really, it's really, really fun, like the camaraderie of rowing, but it is quite competitive. Yeah. Um, Annabelle, I have been really enjoying our interview so far. And uh, there is something that I usually like to do uh, in my interviews. This is a section that I like to call Let's Get Real. Okay. Annabelle, I'm going to ask you a series of very invasive questions that are going to go to the very core of your being so that I may understand who you are, where you've come from, and where you may be going. Does that sound good to you? Yes. Far away. Excellent. Okay. Have you taken? Have you done a financial model to calculate the risk of entering this game? <laughs> I really should have. Uh, I promise it'll be it'll be very painless. This is my favorite section of the show, and uh, I will ask you uh, very very fun questions. So, let's begin. Question number one: What is your ideal birthday? Not the date, but rather your ideal way to spend the day. Okay. Okay. Well. This is actually drawing on very recent experience mm -hmm. just because it was such a thoughtful day. But it was my birthday on Sunday, um, the last Sunday. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and because it's, you know, lockdown, there's only so much you can do. And this is going to sound weird that this is my ideal birthday, even though it is in lockdown. But my housemates planned a really well thought out scavenger hunt. On bikes, so it was sort of like an amazing race type what? theme birthday. It was actually awesome. And so I would have to read out a clue and then I would have to go to that location. So we ended up going to like four different parks around Melbourne on bikes. Wow. And there was 10 of us. And so like half of the people were on um, line bikes. <laughs> I was actually really jealous in the end because they're electric and I was exhausted by the yeah. end of it. I was like, can we please swap? <laughs> um, and so I'd read out a clue. And then at each destination, um, so say it was like Eddie Gardens and then it was like um, Fitzroy Gardens, um, and you, like a pair of friends were there um, to surprise me, like either with a birthday cake or drinks. What? And wow. I had no idea. Like I had no idea. And it was so well thought out and like everything was timed perfectly. And like that was honestly probably my favourite birthday to date and my ideal birthday. Like it was just so much fun because – I feel like with lockdown, like, all you can really do is just sit and drink or, like, get a cheese board and whatever. And, like, this was actually something that we had the capacity to do in lockdown. Wow. And it was so much fun. Who organised this all? So, I think Clara, my housemate, was, like, the main, like, she thought of the idea. Shout out, Clara. I hope you're listening. But then David and Amy, the other housemates, like, they all obviously helped to plan it. Yeah. And then my family was at the last location when we were all blind. And what? I was like, why were they not first? I'm literally <laughs> sideways. Like, I'm, and I'm riding off my bike and mum and dad are like, do you need us to drop you home? I'm like, no, I've got it. Woo! Like riding off into the distance. Also, the theme was suit theme because we were supposed to be in Ivanica. Oh. Um, and my birthday was on Suit Sunday on the 19th. Oh, shit. So it was suit theme. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was very thoughtful, very thoughtful. That was the first clue, actually. They played me the Barney Stinson How I Met Your Mother, like nothing suits me like a suit um, video. Yeah. And then they were like, this is your first clue. And I was like, oh, my God, it's suit themed. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. That's my ideal birthday. Uh, let's move on to our next question. Yeah. What's a quirk of yours that few people know about? Mm, I don't know if it's a quirk, but I'm obsessed with shuffling cards and also shuffling dancing. Like I love- I, I just <laughs> I know, like Melbourne like, Shuffle? Yes. Oh, wow. So, no, it's, it's so bad. Wow. But I, I don't think I'm very good at it anymore. But when I used to go um, to Anglesey in the summer yeah. and I was part of the surf club there, like did bronze and silver medallion and all that, and we're all just little eshes. Like we just freaking <laughs> love like shuffling and derude sandstorm. <laughs> and we're all just there like in our little TNs like shuffling. And – I was just obsessed with that for a bit and like sometimes I'll whip it out at a party and I'm like no one actually thinks this is cool like why am I doing this still <laughs> this was cool in 2011 like what am I doing but um I guess another quirk is love to like shuffle cards like I can do it quite well I wish I could show you but this are we talking like cardistry level like you're like pulling off tricks and everything or like oh it's not that good but um they just love it they sort of like fly and I don't know how yeah, you describe yeah, yeah, yeah. it but like I can do it 
I can do it quite well. And I'll, if you ever play a card game with me, I'll always offer to shuffle. And everyone's like, yeah, Annabelle can do it, whatever. And I'm like, is everyone looking? <laughs> <laughs> Did you practice this? Is like, so, uh, yeah, so um, pre-COVID, I would go to the snow quite a bit. Like, I really like skiing. Yeah. Um, and our lodge there, we don't have a TV or anything. So we literally play cards and board games all the time. Oh, wow. And we share the lodge with quite a few families. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was really little, this uh, girl from one of the other families taught me how to shuffle cards. And I'll never forget it. And I love it. It's, like, really satisfying. Annabelle, let's go a little bit deeper. And uh, okay. I'm going to ask you a little bit of a more difficult question. We've had a lot of fun so far. So I want to uh, take it up a notch. What is something that's difficult for you, but easy for other people? Um, probably keeping a consistent exercise routine. I'm sorry, that's still like not very deep. No, no, like, no. I that's really fine. struggle yeah. to prioritize my physical health, I reckon, because like my job is so like it just provides no routine. Like it's just up and down very demanding and I feel like I do need to put my health first sometimes because like there'll be some days where I literally don't eat till 6 p.m because I'm so stressed whoa like so stressed with work like I'll literally hop on a call be on calls all day but then my housemate's sitting over there on the other side of the room she's like I've eaten for both you and I I'm so stressed (laughs) for you and I'm just like I know like it's really bad and I feel like lockdown as well like they just expect you to be on call ready to go at all points in the day holy shit like today for example you know i was working this morning but um so what i find difficult is like i know i know i could prioritize like at least doing like 30 minutes of exercise every day like i know i could somehow fit it in but i just like have this block in my mind where i'm like no this needs to be done now for work this needs to be done like i'm basically probably 95 percent work i'm not even joking and i like need to get a more balanced lifestyle and like i definitely acknowledge that but i do need to change it and i like look at my housemates and my partner and they have like a very balanced lifestyle right and so i guess with your question i look at them and i'm like why is it so easy for them to just get up and go for a run in the morning? Like, why can't I do that? Do, do you think that the stress that you experience, you know, with your work day and everything, do you think that's kind of self-imposed at all? That, like, it's only really you and not work that's putting on this immense pressure on you all the time? Because mm. you seem like someone that holds yourself to a really high standard. You know, mm. obviously with everything that you do, you, you mm. know, everything you were describing with rowing as well, you sound like you're someone that puts in 110% to everything. Yeah, I think you're very true. Like I definitely want to be the best I can at work. And if that means that I put in like the extra hours, then that's perfect. Um, but like I do feel like you, like it comes with a reward as well. Like I, 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 I'm, I've sort of had the same mentality for four years. So I, I feel like I still wouldn't be there if I didn't like it. Right. Like I, I feel like you get a lot out of it. Yes, it's difficult. Mm. I do maintain a social life outside of it, but I think, you know, cause like I feel like you have three cups, you know, work, probably social life, family, friends, and then like health. And I feel like it's probably my health that like isn't as balanced as the other, as the other two. Yeah. Um, that said, it's weird. I go, I think it's like my zero to a hundred mindset is that like sometimes I'll get really into exercise, mm-hmm. but then I'll stop just because I've had a really difficult work week and then it takes me ages to get back into it. Right. Um, so I just can't have that routine, but I think it honestly, like I blame it on the job just because I'm like, the hours are so inconsistent, blah, blah, blah. But like I could be kinder to myself and I know that, but I know everyone else in my work team also feels the same way. So I think it, most of the time it is just our workload but like I also think I probably could be kinder to myself um and like say no you know I'm going to ask you a question that I haven't really asked a lot of my other guests before and the only reason I'm asking this is because no one that has come onto the show has a day job as a financial uh in financial advisory and so, mm-hmm. well, I mean, perhaps with the exception of Daniel Kuda, shout out Daniel if you're listening. Um, he's a, a, a registered account, or well, rather, a certified accountant. He's very good at what he does. Um, nice. Hope you're listening. Uh, it's, it, everything that you're doing sounds so fucking stressful all the time. 
But can you? Oh god, I hate that I've given off that. Oh, well, I mean, well, I mean, just with work at the very least. But I yeah. mean, obviously, you enjoy it enough to stay and do the thing. But yeah. like, do you actually like what you're doing? Like, do you? I love it. You really do. I honestly love it, Jay. Like, t- some of the projects I I work on, and I probably can't disclose any of them because they're highly confidential. And I wish I could because I could talk about them for ages. Right. Um, I get so much out of it. Like. I'll just speak at a high level, but like the housing projects, like I'm, I'm literally on the ground with community housing providers, like helping them build a 10 year strategy that will like, you know, directly help their tenants. Like whether it's like social affordable crisis housing, like you actually, when you're doing jobs like that, yes, it's hectic, but it's going to something meaningful. Right. Like I actually get a lot out of it. Oh, awesome. And like even there are the jobs that, um, I, I honestly feel like even though it's a financial advisor, it sounds like a really scary term, but in property, like we do so many meaningful tasks. Like we work on all the big infrastructure projects. Like everything you're doing has some sort of economic benefit mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm learning so much. I'm getting a lot out of it, even though it is hectic. Like I don't think I would be there still if I didn't enjoy it. True. And every project's different, which I think makes it really good. Right. Like I, I think makes you always interested to be there like never you never really have project fatigue you're you've got variety all the time like yeah yeah. jeez wow it actually (laughs) sounds like the stuff that you are doing sounds genuinely impressive like that's that's awesome Mm. yeah again i've never had anybody that does what you do on this show and it's uh it's really an honor so thank you thank you so much for having me that's all right um let me ask one last question then we'll go into your incredibly uh high velocity mix that you've got ready for us here today <laughs> starting off with some psytrance i mean come on i know <laughs> annabelle what would the ideal version of your life look like let's say in the next 10 years what are you doing i, I i'm really not like a 10 year person plan but i do have a goal for at least the next five years can i talk about that yeah of course okay, five cool. years let's go yeah okay so i really so i've never like lived overseas or really done anything like i've had to like stock standard life like go to uni and then just be in the same job um for ages and i just love the idea of living overseas and i really want to live overseas for at least one year like before i'm 30 mm. And just experience it and, like, be put out of my comfort zone. I'm not sure if I would want to work because I kind of want, like, a holiday (laughs) from working. I kind of want to, like, use it as a year to not work because I just feel like I've been working since I was 21 and it's pretty hectic. So you never did, like, a gap year or anything like that? No, I never did anything. And I, like, just went straight into working and then I started a master's while I was working and then I was like, wow, I can't balance this. Yeah. And so I stopped my master's because I was like, I'm just not getting anything out of it mm. because I'm purely like I'm, I started it for myself and then I would be cramming before every exam. I was like, why am I paying for something that I'm literally doing on my own accord and mm. not really retaining anything? So that's what sort of spurred the idea. I'm like, I will do a master's overseas. I'll, ca- I'll continue working for a bit and then I'll pick a, a year long master's to do and I'll move overseas and I'll do it because I really want to live overseas. I can't see myself, like, traveling for a year yeah. and, like, hopping around. Like, I actually want to be in one spot and, like, contribute to the community in, in some way. You want to go to London? Like, where, where you want to go? I feel like London's it? a classic. Everyone wants to do London. Yeah. But um, Berlin. Oh, <laughs> Berlin, yes. Yes, especially with this DJ shit. Like, you, you'll have so much 100%. fun. And I found a really good master's that I, I would actually be interested in, in doing there. Ooh. I also just love the city. Like, it's just a, an amazing city. Like, everything's so efficient. Like, the Germans have it down packed. Like, it's oh, yeah. actually Melbourne on steroids there. <laughs> and I do another goal of mine is to be bilingual. And so I did German at school. Oh. And at my ISO hobby last year was actually learning German on Duolingo. No so shit. I did that every day wow. for like a year. But then I stopped because we got more freedoms and it was really hard to maintain. Um, that is a goal of mine that I want to do at least within the next five years. I need to come to terms with like age doesn't really mean anything because I have this thing in my mind. I'm like, I need to do it before I'm 30. But I feel like the acceptable age to do everything has been pushed back because of COVID. Oh, yeah. We've literally just missed two freaking years (laughs) of our lives. And I'm like, 
why am I so old? This is my prime years. And I'm like, I'm literally going to be partying until I'm 50. Yeah, like, that's fine. I need to come to terms with it. Um, that's a goal. That's a goal. Beautiful. Um, live overseas, hopefully become bilingual, even though I know they speak English over there. Mm-hmm. But I really want to consolidate what I've learned yeah. and be bilingual. That is a massive goal of mine. Oh, imagine that life in Berlin. I really, I know. I really hope you make it. I really. My do. boss, my boss is really awesome though. He was like, "Yeah, we'll chuck you up. We'll do a comment for you." I'm like, "No, the point is, I don't want to work. <laughs> I don't want to work. I want to party for a year, please." <laughs> and he's like, "No, no, no, no. We'll put you in a comment." Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, it'd be awesome." I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." no. <laughs> like doing a master's for me is like a holiday. I'm like, "Yeah, I'll go there for a holiday." A lot of DJs who do very well um, in the Australian circuit do end up going over to. Berlin and like London and all that stuff to it's a classic um, yeah. do do more big things but regardless of when that happens don't even don't ever worry about age that's a fucking stupid thing mm. as Triple J has shown us but like this career that you've got going on not only in your professional life but also your DJ life your music life um, I do hope at some point that you're able to balance those three cups the health the social life and the work mm. and everything um, because I'm sure that once you have that balance it will make you uh, feel that much better I do appreciate you at the very least making the time to not only chat to me, but also to make this especially spicy mix that you've got here for us right here today. Um, I do hope that you've had fun. I have. I've had a lot of fun. It's like talking to an old friend. Excellent. Sometimes I'm like moving my hair with my microphone. I'm like, oh my God, he's recording this. <laughs> like I should probably stop moving so much. No, that's okay. I think um, once all this lockdown business is over, uh, we'll have to have a beer. We'll have to have a mix. We'll have a good time. Yeah, 100%. You can come over to the new apartment where I'm having a, a purpose-built space for decks this time. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Nice. You can talk to me all about your financial models too. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I'll put it up <laughs> on screen. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be like visuals for my next oh, set. Oh, <laughs> that's actually kind of cool. I don't mind Screen recorded, like <laughs> little formulas and everything. Oh, my God. Oh, that's gold. AV artists out there, take note, take note. Yeah. Excellent. Let's move into this mix. Uh, Annabelle, thank you so much once again. People, thank you for tuning in for another week. We do have uh, Female Wizard coming on at 7 p.m. AEST, so please remember to stay online and keep it locked, as they say, on radio airwaves. You've been listening to Spinning Around with Hailey Minogue on Area 3000, playing DJ Bell right now. <laughs>